think everybody has within us the desire to make a difference. And many times people have a gnawing sense that they're not, or a frustration that they're not, that they want to, or even they're motivated to do it, but they're not sure how to get on track to move in that direction. there, welcome friend. I'm excited for what you're about to hear. Don't we all want to make a difference, make a quality contribution in life? But too many of us struggle with this. How can we get a read on where we're at in our personal journey? And beyond this, how can we get unstuck and advance toward our purpose and destiny? This episode with Ken Roberts is for everyone, yet I think that both Ken and I believe that Christ followers should be the most creative and purposeful people on the planet. You're listening to Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is episode 27. And the horizon we're questing after here is that Jesus knows how life works best, optimal living, and the future belongs to his kingdom. See the show notes page for this episode at JesusSmart.com. I think you're going to enjoy and benefit from this dialogue with Ken Roberts. He's a speaker, trainer, author, coach. He assists and comes alongside people in their personal growth and their spiritual development. And by the way, there's a special offer for the next 30 days to this listening audience at Jesus Smart. A special offer on a course, a quality course that Ken has pieced together. It's called the Life Focus Online Course And you really have to go see what it's all about. Go to KenLRoberts.Teachable.com. If you're feeling scattered, like you're running really hard, but not really getting anywhere fast, you're not even sure that you're headed in the right direction, you kind of need a tune-up, a recalibration, locate where you're at and where you want to go. Maybe you're feeling stuck. Maybe you feel like time is slipping through your fingers, racing through your fingers, and You're just not sure that you're making the quality contribution in life that you know you want to make, that you know you can make. Check it out, kenlroberts.teachable.com. And this course normally costs $197, but for the next 30 days, only $97 if you use this coupon code, NORTHSTAR2018, NORTHSTAR2018, kenlroberts.teachable.com. You're going to like Ken. He's seasoned, informed, even strategic and prophetic. And for me, this is just the type of coach person that you want to be around, hear from, and engage with. Are you ready for this? I'm excited for it. Let's launch into some ideas which I believe could really transform our lives. Hey, welcome, Jesus Smart friends. We are sitting on the southern shore of one of the great lakes in North America with a great a great friend, a great source, Ken Roberts. How are you doing, Ken? I'm doing great, Brian. It is great, great, great to be with you. Oh. And, and what a beautiful day to be out oh, here. If people could see, I know they can't. I love it. But I we're looking it. at the lake, a beautiful day, and lake uh, sailboats out here in the whole bed. Oh man, it's it's just, and I, I just love the ability to get this uh, remote technology outside and, and do these recordings. Um, Ken is a speaker, an author, a coach. He's a trainer. Uh, his big sense of calling and, and target in his in his vision is growth and fruitfulness, helping people grow. 
uh, with their lives, uh, helping leaders grow, and also helping communities of faith, right, Ken? Local right. churches yeah. grow. You're going to pick that up today as we talk, the, the command really of God to be fruitful, to grow, to multiply, to expand True. our lives personally. Right. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. We're going to talk about finding your personal North Star, getting your North Star located so that your life trajectory uh, really starts feeling like it's uh, getting accurate. Well, Ken, um, have you read Chronicles of Narnia or seen the movies at all? Or I have, yes, okay. for sure. Yep. Well, Prince, do you remember Prince, uh, is it Rillian or Rylan, his, his name, Prince Rylan? He gets under the spell of the witch, uh-huh. her sorcery, right? and he can't recall where he came from. Wow. Do you remember that? I do remember that. And it says he felt it as a, quote, heavy, tangled, cold, clammy web of evil magic, unquote. Do people feel that way today? <laughs> like they're under a heavy, tangled, cold, clammy web of evil magic, and they don't know where they came from or where they're going or who they are. Yeah, they do. And I think for a lot of different reasons. I mean, sometimes, of course, it is it is spiritually, but there's uh, just in the culture and the world we live in today, Brian, you know, is that uh, I think people feel overworked and overwhelmed. There's so much coming at us. I think many people actually feel scattered. I say it this way. Yeah. We're often running in many different directions, but aren't sure we're going anywhere at all. Yeah. And then also we oftentimes feel stuck. You know, a lot of routines, a lot of responsibilities running here and there. So I think a lot of people do feel like, uh, which which is my direction? What's my North Star? Am I making a difference? What's meaning in life for me? Will I look back and feel like I made any uh, significant contribution? So I think we are kind of un- under a, a cloud. Yeah. And as you, as you work with people individually, personally, as well as in groups, right, or leaders or communities of faith, uh, do you find that, that sense of being stuck or scattered to be re- really frustrating? Yeah, very much so. You know, uh, again, people just feel overwhelmed. Almost, I think everybody has within us the desire to make a difference. Now, we all define that in different ways, what that really means to make a difference. But I think uh, everybody wants to make a contribution, and many times people have a gnawing sense that they're not yeah. or a frustration that they're not, that they want to, or even they're motivated to do it, but they're not sure how to get on track to move in that direction. Yeah. So it is there. Mm. And as we see in the novel and in the film, um, the witch tells uh, the prince that he's in his right mind when he feels this way. She actually mm. tells him that you're in, wow. your right, you're in your right mind. And, and, and then when he does have clarity, she tells him. You're actually, those are moments of insanity. Wow. So it, it's it's like, is is there an external personality or force that works against us uh, with these important issues? Um, well, from a, you know, coming from a Christian persuasion, I, I believe they are. You know, it's, it's interesting that one of the things that the enemy does, obviously, is he blinds, he blinds us. He blinds us to what we need. He blinds us to the Savior, <laughs> Uh, and I think he also blinds us to really to having purpose in our own life. So, yeah, I think there is a spiritual entity at work against being uh, purposeful and productive and fruitful. Yeah, I don't think Stephen Pressfield, the novelist, and he wrote that mm-hmm. book called the, the War of Art, I think it's right. called. Yep, it is. Um, I don't think he's coming from a Christian or biblical worldview. But when you read that book, and if you are a Christian, if you have anything of the Christian worldview in you, yeah. you look at it and say, that is the enemy. Right. You know, and it's like the enemy is opposing my discovery of who I am and what I can do. Yep. He's opposing my development, my personal development. 
so that I can do it, right? Yep, right. So that I can next level up. And, and he's, he, he's opposing the deployment, the discovery, development, and deployment of who I truly am. And, and that, that creates a frustration, right? A vexation in, in the human being. I mean... Yeah, the stats tell us that in most surveys, only one out of 10 people even know what they want. One out of 10. Yeah, and that's of whatever persuasion you're in, but only one out of 10 know what they want. So just think about how that leads us into a meaningful, meaningfulness life yeah. of a treadmill of not really knowing what's in my heart, what do I want, what's my purpose, what's my direction. And it, so it does lead, I think, to a lot of uh, despair. Now, do you have any sense of what's what's causing that? What are the drivers or what's blocking? I mean, nine out of 10 people don't even know what they want. I mean, what what's causing that? Um, again, I think a lot of it has to do with, it has the spiritual entity that we've talked about. I think a lot of it has to do with the pace of our culture. Mm. I really do. I think that we're just, we, we are running so many different directions that we don't, uh, take the time to do the work to try to figure that out. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, one more responsibility, another responsibility. And so you wake up one day, where does, you know, midlife crisis come in? You wake up one day, I think, and you say, what happened with my life? What have I done with the last 50 years of my life? Yeah. So I think you do have to be intentional and purposeful. I always say no one ever gets where they want to go by drifting. Mm. But everything in our culture wants to push us in a direction. And we wake up one day and we say, how did I get here? Yeah. How did life go by this fast? And have I made the contribution I'm supposed to make? I'm, you know, working on a book I've written before. Um, Ken, I'm kind of refreshing it okay. and, and repurposing it. And I know you've got two books going now, too. And I want to talk about that. Two books are in the in the oven with you. Two are out and two are in the oven. But yeah. what I discovered uh, in when I did an initial research for this book is that what's shocking is that even self-identified Christians are not doing well with their identity and personal meaning. And this comes from wow. a study by Barna Research, a very reputable right. uh, research firm, especially in the evangelical world. But uh, they basically discovered that Christians and non-Christians are equally likely to be seeking meaning and purpose in life. That's an amazing stat. I've yeah. never heard that, but that's an amazing stat. Uh, no distinguishable difference with the Christians. I wonder if, and I'm just thinking out loud a little bit here, but a part of that is because we have not given a full definition of what it means to find our identity. Okay. And what I mean by that is we've often, the, the gospel message has been the message of salvation, but it has not been the total restoration of the message of what's our identity in kingdom purposes while we're on the earth. Okay. And there's a big difference between the two. Okay. So we leave people saying. You're to stoke my fire here now with this so kind we, of talk. Yeah. <laughs> so we leave people, you know, who have forgiveness. Yeah. But that's only half of the equation of our identity because I'm a, I'm a holistic person. Okay. You know, there's Ken Roberts has many things about who he is, and it's, it's reclaiming that entire identity of having purpose in life and meaning in life that isn't only my salvation. Yeah. Is it fair to say that if we're just praying the prayer to go to heaven, quote unquote, someday, yes. That we're living a, sort of a half-life. We're not living the full-spectrum Christ following. Oh, totally. You're, you're getting me going now. <laughs> All right. Yes. I mean, is that possible? Yes. And how? And, and if so, are, are the majority of a church attenders and those who self-identify as Christians in that boat, so to speak? 
probably. I mean, that's my experience. You know, I pastored for 33 years, two different churches, one for 25, one for eight. And then the last two years, I made the transition really to move into teaching and writing and doing some coaching and online training that I'm doing now. Yeah. And so I felt like that was the that was my purpose. I felt like in the next season of my life. So my experience in the church world and now coaching people would be that that is the the mass. That's the vast majority is aren't clear on really what their purpose is and only have half of their identity restored. Yeah. So and I think there's some different reasons for that. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, but I think uh, I think one is that uh, a lot of the personal development literature that's out in the world, which I've received a lot from it over the years and gained a lot, many people see it as it having mixed worldviews in it. It's motivated by a different agenda. Like New Age? Or new, it's New Agey, it's secular. I mean, I think we can mention one name and it's okay, like Tony Robbins, for example. You know, that, that genre of self-help, it's right. Right. He's such a big name in that, yeah. in that space. You can do it. It's all about you. Yeah, it's within you. The Personal God, empowerment. The God's within you. It's, you know, it's, it's, to, it's for oftentimes for success. So what happens is, I think, is the church world has rejected that, you know, and so that's not a part of our conversation because we mm-hmm. don't want to be identified with new agey stuff or whatever. And and or the other side of it is that people have, I say, their pastors as their spiritual director, but they have other people who are come from a different worldview who are really their personal development coach and director. Okay. And they're not able to filter out the difference between the worldviews. Yeah. So my 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 theory is, uh, in one of the books I'm working on, is that. Christians should be the most purposeful people on the planet. Yeah. But I don't think we are. <laughs> so my, my my call is to draw us back, to inspire us, to challenge us. Let's be fruitful with our life, with a totality of our life. Let's not just make it Christianized, the totality of our life while we're on the planet. And then actually reclaiming some of those personal growth principles, which really most of them are biblical and godly principles that have just been reshifted 10 or 20 percent. Yeah. That takes them out then of a biblical worldview. So that's what I'm trying to do. And that's I really, think you've just at least partially answered the next question I was going to ask. Okay. Like, you're a coach, so help me out. But why, when I hear some of the stuff that like a Tony Robbins will say, that certain things resonate within me, and it feels like certain teachings that he might have sound a lot like what the kingdom should be like. And yet I know that his motivation is not necessarily to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ or to further the story of Jesus, his kingdom, right? I don't think it is. I don't want to misstate. But you're saying that they have some of these ideas that we should be talking about? Right. We should be understanding? Yeah, I think if we go go back again to the beginning, you know, uh, one of the mandates was be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. And when you look at God— he is a very purposeful being. Yeah. He has a plan. He's extremely purposeful. And we are created in his image, plus also the creativity that's in all of us. So we are we are designed to fulfill something. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do, we're gonna fulfill it one way or the other. So I think it resonates within us when we hear people inspiring us to do something with our life. Yeah. Okay. So I think there's a there's a yeah. it, it resonates. But with you're us. saying that they're 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 sort of setting what they're teaching there. They're sort of setting it in a worldview that is not biblical. It's not a christological or christocentric worldview, is it? it right. It, it might be like just divinity within, the God within, or personal right. empowerment, exactly. or like a. Yeah. So I'm just trying to clarify what those things are, yeah. and my approach is not uh, anti. You know, it's not antithetical. It's not, but it's trying to help 
believers clarify some of these principles because most of them are driven by, uh, you know, a materialistic worldview. Do this so you can get the car, get the bigger house, get the whatever. Or they're driven by humanism. Mm-hmm. You can do it. It's within you. You're, you're, you're the God, create your own life. Or it's uh, driven by, you know, secularism, which this box, this world is all there is. So get all you can get what you get. Yeah. And that's, that becomes a lot of the motivation that some of these principles are taken through. Yeah. But almost all of them have godly and biblical seeds in them that you can bring back and they can be restored. So a Christ follower can be inspired to do something with their life, and they can use some of these principles but take them to the biblical proper biblical worldview. Let me give you just one example, and okay. then we'll talk about some other ones. But one, for example, is reframing the reason we need to be purposeful is so that we can be fruitful. That is a biblical concept. I believe the Bible teaches that I'm going to be held responsible for what I do with the life that's been given me. Mm-hmm. Matthew 25, 2 Corinthians, etc. There's many different places. And actually the Bible teaches that there will be a reward system. Many people don't like to hear that, but it's very clear the- theologically. There'll be a reward system for what we do up on the earth. So a, my, merit, a merit-based yes, system, if you will, yes. based on faithfulness and stewardship. Yes. Yeah. Not of our salvation, but what we have done. Right. There's a big difference. We've got to keep those clear. Right. So my motivation then for being a fruitful person while upon the planet is so that I can be a faithful steward mm. and it's not necessarily driven by success. That's a major difference in the, in the fundamental idea. Or maybe we need to redefine what success is. Exactly, which success is, biblically, is faithfulness. Yeah. That's what it is. So it's not by the world's standards. Now, faithfulness can make you successful in the world. Yeah. Those are not anti, but God is ultimately going to evaluate us based upon our faithfulness and our fruitfulness with what he's given us and the assignments that he's given us. Yes. That's what motivates me, not the world's success. Yes. Big difference. Absolutely. Well, so it's go- those type of things I'm trying to clarify. Absolutely. I'm trying to inspire, but but clarify from a biblical grid. You know, sort of a sidebar here, but in Matthew 19, some I think some Sadducees came to Jesus and were trying to, Pharisees maybe were trying to trip him up on the whole issue of uh, marriage and stuff. And uh, Jesus says, look, from the beginning, it's not been this way. And he took them back to the Garden of Eden mm. where God created them, yes. male and female. Yep. And so the, the, the takeaway is get back to Eden, get back to design. That's what Jesus is about. Now, when we're born again, Ken, am I right in saying that we are Jesus resets us, reboots us in a process, starting to come back to design? Totally, yeah? totally. That's <laughs> the Garden a, of Eden principle, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Brian, that's part of the the premise of my book. You know, is that when we are saved, we're redeemed or regenerated. Use some of those words, but there we're also put on a process of restoration, which is the restoration back to the original design of creation. Mm -hmm. So I believe that the more that I walk with Jesus and apply the principles of Jesus and the principles of the kingdom, now you've got to do that. Just salvation doesn't make that happen. But as we walk (laughs) and we apply the principles of the kingdom and the principles of, you know, uh, following Jesus, I, even while I'm on a planet, am more and more being restored to my original design. Yeah. I will never be perfected until I get to the other side, but I'm on my way back. And that affects me then with my will, 
my emotions, my dreams, my passions, my purpose. So, yes, it's a reset back to the garden. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Is it is it accurate to say that when we are born again, like regenerated, that happens at like a point in time. Right. But it begins a process, right? right? Totally. So it's punctiliar. It begins at a point in time, but yep. it begins a process from that point in time yep. that carries across our lifespan now. But does it also carry through? into the new heavens and in the new earth, will we always be, I have a hunch that we will be, but will we always be in this process of coming back to design and becoming all that we are? Wow. What a, what a, what a thought, what an idea. <laughs> I know more and more are, are thinking about that. And yeah. with me, it does something to me because I do think we started in the garden and I do think we're going to return to the garden. So when you think about that, yes, I think there's something in that theologically and also just in our own heart. That there's something instinctive about instinctive it. Instinctive about it, exactly. That uh, things aren't going to completely change just when I get to heaven. There's going to be an ongoing perfecting process of what has always been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that has to do with our life as well. I mean, I can't imagine being in a place where creativity, where heaven, where creativity is not occurring. <laughs> Where ongoing growth is not occurring, where ongoing learning is not occurring, where ongoing beauty is not occurring. I don't know if it's John Eldridge in his book, All Things New, or some other author, but he said, our view of heaven has been a hybrid of an eternal church service and retirement center put oh, together. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. That, neither one of those expire, inspire me. <laughs> I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm just saying neither one of those inspire me. I don't even know if I could take that for a year, uh, know, let alone me, ages upon ages I, I, of an eternal church service and right. retirement center. No, it it, 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 it must be creative, enterprising, unfolding, yes. you know, constant discovery of who God yes. is, who we are, who we are, what we are doing, right? Yeah, right, in the enterprise of Christ, which is his kingdom. I know there's an author that we both think a lot about, Dallas Willard. I, th yeah. I, I think in his book, um, The Divine Conspiracy, he talks about our lifetime now being a seed of what we always will be yeah. in the ages to come. Dallas was the first one I, I heard that concept, but the more and the more that I'm, I studied, the more and more I do believe that. And again, it goes back to what you were talking about earlier. When we're redeemed, there's a reset back to the creation. Yeah. And so I believe that I'm on that journey now. The true me, the real me is in process. It will be the real me when I step into heaven. The completeness of me will be I step into heaven, but it will be an ongoing unfolding of that. I I just believe that that's right, and we can find scriptures that, that really hint at that and, and support that view. And um, as you said, there are emerging voices now, like Dallas Willard, like John Eldridge, which, uh, like N.T. Wright, yeah. Randy Alcorn, his book on heaven, yeah. which are really helping the body of Christ to, to sort of next level yeah. their understanding. It's not, you know, heaven as it is now, I, I, I just went to a, a memorial service earlier today of, okay. a, of, of a life well-lived. Yeah, okay. I mean, well-lived. That's good. Yeah. There was nothing to, nothing there but inspiration. Mm. Lived a full life. Yeah. Well-lived. Huge legacy. You know, those moments are really sacramental, and mm. God talks to you in those moments, you yeah, know. I, I know people were getting downloads from the Father during, yeah. that, during that service, but she will continue to become all that she is. Yeah. She will continue to unfold. Right. And, and, and she, and she, and she ran her race well mm -hmm. now, Yeah, but she will continue to be yeah. all, all that she is. That's part of my motivation. You know, and what I'm doing with the book right now is just that at the end of our life on, on this planet, before we enter into the perfected state, you know, heaven, 
we will hear, hear the Father say, well done, good and faithful servant. So there's a, there's a desire in my heart to provoke followers of Jesus Christ to be fruitful you know, and to be purposeful while we're on the planet. Yeah. And this whole other thing you just brought in regarding will this be a continuation when we get to heaven, that only motivates me more to be living that life now. It makes you think bigger now. Bigger now, it? exactly. I mean, my, my goodness. So when I trip into heaven, I just continue on. Yeah. It's not It's not a restart again. It's a continue on. Well, you know, just to use like a business term or a mathematical term, instead of thinking about 10% incremental growth on oh. an annual basis in our spiritual life and in our assignments. Why not think 10x? Yeah. Right? Right. Why not think logarithmically instead of just That's simple good. addition? Like, well. you know, even Peter Thiel, who's a Silicon Valley guy, he's, he was involved with starting PayPal. I just recently discovered he's a believer. Hmm. Did you know that? No, I did not know Peter that. Peter Thiel? I had, he's I a big player know. in wow. Silicon Valley, and he's sitting down with N.T. Wright on a stage having a conversation about, about these kinds of things. Amazing. And it's, and it's he that says, look, you got to think logarithmically. you you got to think 10x, 100x. You cannot think 10% growth. That's inspiring. You know, it's explosive. It, 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 it pushes out our prayer life, yeah. our faith life, and our practice. Wow. That's, 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 uh, that's inspiring. I, I feel a need to provoke myself on a daily basis here about this stuff because <laughs> just the grind of life, the yeah. drift, you know, exactly. tends to yep. wear against this stuff. Well, that's where I come from, you know, in the book. It's, it's more trying to, again, help people, what I call find their North Star. Okay. Now, you which know, book or, are we talking or, about? It's, it's, this book is called Focus. Okay, the book you're coming out with now. It's okay. called A Practical Guide to a Fruitful Life as right. a Follower of Christ. And again, I had to make the decision, was this going to be a crossover book, or was this really targeted to the Christian audience? Okay. And, and I made, a, I made a, you know, a firm decision. That's really, that's really who I was trying to, to inspire and instruct, uh, again, to live a biblical, fruitful life from a biblical worldview. Okay. Now, just sidebar, what are your first two books now that are already out? Yeah, thanks. The first one was called Unexpected, Navigating Life's Unforeseen Turns. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, my late wife was killed in a car accident about 14 years ago. And I wrote that book in response to that. All of us live long enough and we're going to have unexpected turns in life. Okay. And how we deal with those are going to really shape who we become. Yeah. So that's that was the first book. And the second book I wrote, which came out a couple of years ago, was called Staying Power. Yeah. Five core ideas to sustainability in Christian leadership, hmm. and that again was just you know uh, the fallout rate, burnout rate, dropout rate among pastors and Christian leaders in the United States or the West is at all time high, and increases every year. And that was about how do we do this thing over the long haul, and who are we becoming in the process? So it just kind of goes back to identity. <laughs> wow. So, so those are the first two. Yeah, yeah. And the first book is such a powerful testimony of of breakthrough and steadfastness and navigating right yeah, that right. tragic event yeah. um, you know it's a little book people can read it in a setting or two in an hour or two setting but it's really it's helped thousands of people have they, as they've gone through difficulty yeah and i imagine those books are right now on amazon Barnes yeah, it's, and on Noble. Am- it's on amazon yep yeah okay very good and now your new book coming out is it this year yes is it like at the end of 2018 it's, it's going to be out? probably in the 2018 first of 2019 okay yeah and this is um the book on focus. Focus, a practical guide to a fruitful life as a follower of Christ. Right. And then your companion book to it, are they both coming out simultaneously? You no, know, like, I'm thinking about that, and I, th- I'm going to try to work that they do because they are they are cousins. They are okay. They are companions. Cousin books. Yeah, All right. cousin books. Form a practical guide to becoming 
to becoming like Christ. Right. Now, I think we've thought of becoming like Christ in a limited way. Can help me out with this. At least I have in my walk with the Lord. You tend to think of it as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you know, being gentle, being kind, <laughs> being full of the love of God, being Christ-like, right? Christ-like nature. But I don't know that we thought about being Christ-like, like outperforming the world, for example, mm, or wow. being exploiting opportunities, mm, right? Yeah. Or 10xing or 100xing, you know, miraculous, you know, is that too Christ-like? I, I want to say that it is. I, yeah, I, I that's why is. that's why I'm kind of right, trying to write the books together because really four has to, to, to do about being. It has to do with the nature we are growing into. And again, we talk about becoming more like Christ. Uh, we all know from a you know if we're going to church much or that background, Christian background, that we know we're supposed to, but there's not that much in a practical way given to help us. How do I become like Jesus? Okay, my my premise is, if you knocked on the door of a pastor's office and or many people sitting in the pew and just say you didn't know much about Christianity and you just said, hey, I think I get this Jesus thing and I want to follow him. Can you tell me how to become like him? We would have a very difficult time answering that question. What we would do, and it's what we do a lot, is that I, I use this illustration. It's like taking marbles and throwing it on a, on a table. They scatter in all different directions. So we have, we would say to him, well, make sure you go to church. Don't forget the men's Bible study. Keep attending church and you'll become like him. Hey, yeah, don't forget the men's Bible study. You know, we have a prayer group yeah. on Saturday morning. Yeah, forgive uh, me. You, lose how, you know, yeah. learn how to tithe. All those things are true, but none of those things give anybody a template of not a, not a success formula, but a template of how to become like Christ. I clearly appreciate Ken and his capacity for dialogue and coaching, which makes a difference. And these these high-level concepts are vital. We need what I call kingdom meta-thinking. And then we, we can bring it right down to the ground in our everyday practical lives. This conversation builds like a crescendo in music, I have to tell you. So catch part two of our dialogue next week. That will be episode... 29. And remember that special offer he's offering for the next 30 days to Jesus Smart listeners, the Life Focus online course. If you're feeling scattered and stuck, feel like time is racing away from your life, not sure you're in the right direction that you want to go, check it out at kenlroberts.teachable.com. Use the coupon code NORTHSTAR2018. Get the course for just 97 instead of 197 for the next 30 days. Thanks, friend, for rating, reviewing, and following the Jesus Smart Podcast. It's on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, Spotify. When you rate and review and even subscribe, it helps others discover the content on these various platforms to see if it's a good fit for them, plus it keeps you connected. Now, here's a cool idea. Grab a screenshot of this episode on your phone or tablet and share it on social media. Tag it with Jesus Smart. Tag it with Ken Roberts. Tag it with maybe strategic living or your best life. How about that? Grab a screenshot and share it around in the wilds of the internet. Okay, visit JesusSmart.com to see the show notes page for this episode. You can leave your thoughts and questions there. There's also a contact page to reach out directly to me. And I want to encourage you to explore a special little series that we're on, the Apostolic Christ Following series. These are bite-sized mini-sodes. Uh, there's one coming out in several days. I think part seven, seven is coming up. 
and you can quickly kind of breeze through these little mini-sodes in a, sort of a primer or a 101 on an edge that, that we think the Holy Spirit is restoring into the body of Christ today, apostolic Christ following. I'm excited. I'm excited for the edges we're pursuing there. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant, it's powerful, make it a smart week, and all the best until next time. Yeah.